0: Stand up, everyone. Take your time. Take your time. No rush. No, no. OK, now have a seat. Okay, sit down, sit down. Oh, really? I thought you were making to make a stretch. No, 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 no need to stretch. It's good enough. Alhamdulillah <laughs> Rabbil Alameen. Wassalatu wassalamu ala ashrafil al-anbiya'i wal mursalin wa ala alihi wa sahbih. Wa man istanna bisunnatihi ilayumiddin. Allahumma aj'alna minhum wa minaladheena amanu wa amilu salihaat. Watawasau bil haqq. Watawasau bil sabr. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. <laughs> so I was really, really confused about what to talk to you about in this session and because this session started late and we've gone quite a bit over our time I am also feeling extremely sorry for all of you <laughs> because you've been sitting there for quite some time now. So I'm going to try to make my talk as concise as I possibly can. Uh, don't use that screen. Turn that TV off. I don't want to look at it. You don't know how to type anyway, whoever you are. Uh, you put tanks instead of thanks for her sister. I can't believe she didn't bust out laughing. She, they did that on purpose? Tanks? That's, that was awesome. But anyway, so I don't want to look at that thing, so turn it off right before I throw something at it. I will throw something at it. Okay, good. Well done. Okay. So I am going to talk to you, inshallah, ta'ala, briefly about one of the most beautiful examples given in the entire Qur'an. Also one of the most complex examples given in the entire Qur'an. And my challenge is to try to make this complex example simple to understand. I'm going to give you a disclaimer in the very beginning. This ayah and what it contains and the, the, the rest of the ayat, I will not give you all of the lessons that are derived from this ayah. That would take me about three hours and I'm not exaggerating. It would take me, I think, precisely about three hours to walk you through all of the lessons that I've studied from these three, four ayat. But at least some of the main lessons from the first ayah I plan to share with you. Hopefully, this shouldn't take longer than 25 minutes at the most. I'm, I'm shooting at 20 minutes to 25 minutes, inshallah ta'ala. And it's, it should be a productive time. So I ask for uh, like a serious attention span. If you've been sitting like this for a long time, this is the time to sit up now, inshallah. And th- even that guy got up, so that's good. Where's your little brother? He was sleeping over there. Where'd he go? He's done? He retired. Okay, no problem. So anyway, so... The ayah is the uh, it's famously known as Ayatul Nur, in which Allah Azza wa Jalla begins, Allahu Nuru Samawati wal Ard. It is commonly translated, Allah is the light of the skies and the earth. This kind of simile is actually called tashbih in Arabic, and there are different ways of doing it. So let me start with that. When you say to somebody, "You are brave like a lion," you are brave like a lion. Then you compared someone to not just a lion, but you compared their bravery to the bravery of a lion. But if you say you are, you are like a lion Now what did I skip when I said you're like a lion? What did I, I took out brave, right? The assumption is that what I'm speaking to can make the connection That you're referring to someone for their strength or their bravery or their leadership That's why you're calling them a lion And now I take out so First I said you're brave like a lion Then I said you're like a lion Now if I say you're a lion What did I take out? You took out the word like, the adat tashbih technically in Arabic it's called adat tashbih you took out even the word like, you're a lion, obviously everybody knows you don't have a tail and you're not going to bite me or anything, but I'm calling you a lion because I'm saying you are like a lion, but it's so clear that I don't even have to use the word like, I can just say you're a lion. Now a step even further, hey lion, like I just call you lion just like that. Like I, I take everything that was part of my simile, I was going to compare you to something, I took all of those devices away and went straight to the point. Similar to that is the case of Allahu Nuru Samawati Wal Ard. Allah is the light of the skies and the earth, which is actually a representation of the iman in Allah and the truth about Allah. If you want to learn something about Allah and how to believe in Him, you have to think about it. Is something like thinking about the light of the skies and the earth. There's a parallel that's being drawn. Now, in saying this, the, the seen world, the seen world, Allah Azza describes it as a Samawati Wal Ard, the seen realm. Is This is important to note Because now we are doing something in Islamic studies And especially in Qur'anic studies That you've probably heard throughout this conference Constantly in the Qur'an Allah talks about a physical or a visible reality And through it He makes you reflect on an unseen reality Because there are two realities There's a seen reality and there is an unseen reality So He'll make you think about a tree To think about iman or He'll make you think about water to think about revelation. So you can visualize something and through it you can learn something about the unseen. Obviously for us, the unseen clearly is invisible. It's the unseen by definition. So Allah gives us something visual for us to reflect upon. And in doing so, Allah has done something incredible. What He's done is, uh, my view of the physical world is constantly providing an opportunity for reflection. My view of the scene is constantly making me think about the unseen. So I want you to keep that in mind as we discuss some of the parallels that are being so eloquently described in this beginning passage. Allahu Nur samawati wal the light, Allah being described as the light of the skies and the earth. Now, Allah is obviously when he describes himself as light, and iman is also called light. Revelation is also called light. You know, fa billahi wa wa nur anzalna فَهُوَ عَلَىٰ نُورٍ يَمْشِي به So he's committed to a light, meaning the fitrah, the faith inside of him, he walks with it the Quran is called light, the angels are called light Allah is describing himself with light The Rasul of Allah wasallam in other places is described with light So what, all of these, you know, and even, even uh, the, the Quran is even described as a sun As a sun, you know and even the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Munira Wa ila Allahi wa munira A lamp So the parable of light is constant in, in Islam and in the Qur'an But obviously all of those are spiritual light Like the light inside your heart If you do surgery it's not going to be physical light Allah is describing an unseen kind of light But He is going to teach us lessons about unseen light By making us reflect on what? Physical light, like the light that we experience, like the light inside this hall. So let's begin with that, inshaAllah ta'ala. Physical light. They say in Arabic, It's a piece of poetry that says, just like the light of your eyes, because by the way, the ability to see is also called nur. And one of the Arabic words for the eye is also nur. And one of the Arabic words for vision is also nur. It's called nurul ain. That's called nurul ain. So the poet says that the light of the eye is no good, if, or, or he says uh, the other way around. He says the light of the sun is no good if the light of the eye is missing. In other words, if a person is blind, they can't appreciate a bright sunny day. It's impossible, right? So you need two kinds of light. You need the light in you, inside of you, which is the eye, and you need the light outside of you. In this case, that is the sun. If you have both of this, both of those, then you have a vision for reality. So now I mentioned two things, a light inside of you and a light outside of you. What was the light inside of you just to keep you awake? I know it's been a long day. Huh? What was the light inside of you? The eye. What's the light outside? The sun. Now with that parable, now we're already learning something. In the spiritual sense, there's a light inside of you and there's a light outside of you. The light inside of you is the fitrah, the iman that Allah put inside of you. Allah Azza wa describes in the Quran, صَدْرَهُ لِلْإِسْلَامِ فهو على, نور, فَهُوَ عَلَى نُورٍ مِن رَبِّهِ The one who Allah expanded his chest And you know by the way Some say this is Rasulullah wasallam in this ayah The one who Allah expanded his chest Because he says أَلَمْ نَشْرَحْ لَكَ صدرك. But others say no Every human being's chest is expanded Because Allah puts the ruh inside all of them then he's on a light that has come, come from his master. Every one of us in the bellies of our mother, the light, the angel that is made up of light, brings the ruh that is light. Even the Rasul of Allah would describe the ruh as light. Not ruhi, he said nuri. Right? So the, the ruh itself is light and is inside of us. That's the inside light. And then the outside light is the light of revelation, the light of the Quran. So physically speaking, it's the eye and the sun and spiritually speaking, it's the, the fitrah, the ruh and revelation, the ayat of the Qur'an that's the light on the outside. You with me so far? Two kinds of parallels. Now, let's stick with this parallel a little bit more. When we talk about physical light, it's morning time. You go outside in the middle of the like early morning, 10 a.m. It's brilliant, the sun's rays are falling on everything. Is there a point in you turning your headlights on? At that time No there, Is there a point in you, you know, Lighting a torch or a lamp Or you, do you keep the lights on inside your house If you have windows and they light up the whole house Is there a point in turning the lights on No They say in Arabic anil That the morning makes the lamp irrelevant When you have morning You have no need for what A lamp When do you need a lamp You need a lamp at night time Yes Now at night time Cities if you're flying into a city You notice that cities are lit up when you look outside the window of a plane, everything is black and all you see is little white dots or yellow dots of light, yes? And how much money does it cost to keep the lights on in the, in the night? And how much money does it cost to keep the day bright in the day? Now, what I'm trying to tell you is human beings attempt to keep the lights going when there's darkness outside and it's a huge effort and it's not cheap. It's an, and even then, it's just dots of light. And overwhelmingly, do you see light or do you see dark? Overwhelmingly, it's dark. But when Allah turns His light on in the morning, because that's His light. That's not the light I turned on. I didn't pay the bills for the sun. You know, when He turns that on, everything is lit. So there's a comparison between the light that you and I have and the light that Allah pro- provided from above. And that's similar to the fitra that I have. The, the light, iman inside that I have is a very little thing. But the light that Allah is giving from above, which is what? What was the light that Allah gives from above in the spiritual sense? What was it? The Qur'an, you can compare the Qur'an to the sun and you to the little lamp that's turning on a little bit of light and it's surrounded by darkness, subhanAllah. That's the comparison. And the other thing here is, human beings can try to find their way by turning the light on. They could, they could turn some light on and maybe find their way. But it will never compare to when Allah brings light about and everything around them is lit. What is in front of them, what is to the sides of them, what is behind them is completely, completely lit. You know, when people turn their own lights on, they're in the middle of the dark, they can only see so much. And everything else is invisible to them. So there will never be any human effort to find truth that can ever compare to when Allah reveals the truth. It's incomparable. Allah's light and our light is incomparable. It's just incomparable. So that's the second parable between physical light and our own light. Then the other thing is, the light that Allah Azza wa Jal gives us from the sun. This light that Allah provides, it is a means of sustenance for the earth. Without it, without it, human beings cannot survive. Because it's not only a provision of light, it is also a provision of heat. And plants are growing as a result of it. And actually in psychology studies, there are entire studies done about countries or regions in the world that are constantly dark and gloomy, and how suicide rates and depression rates are higher in those, in those regions. Even in the United States, places like Seattle, beautiful country, but it's only sunny maybe a month or two in the year. There's a higher suicide rate and depression rate And there's many that are tying it directly to exposure to light Directly to exposure to sunlight Sunlight has to do with optimism Even children know that So when they draw things, when they're happy, what do they draw? They draw a sun with a smile and rays And everybody's shiny and happy You know, that's what they do Even innate in human nature There's there's this tendency to be drawn towards light You know And even some people say, if you're having a good day People might say, you're having a bright day You know, why are you in such a dark mood? So, we even talk about emotions in terms of light and dark. That's what we do. It's natural and it's across cultures. It's across cultures. There's not one culture where darkness is associated with happiness. You know? And so the light of Allah Azza wa isn't just about light It's about life, it's about happiness, it's about optimism And darkness on the other hand is about sadness, it's about fear It's about un- not being aware, it's about ignorance There are lots of associations with light as opposed to darkness Let's move on Keeping track of time, how much time you're not even the guy My guy quit Oh man, he's like That's because I pushed him off the stage Okay so, now let's talk a little bit further. I don't know how much through, through this we'll get, but we'll try. مَثَلُ نُورِهِ كَمِشْكَاتِ Oh, no, before, before we do that, one more thing. One more thing. There's a poet, he was trying to butter up one of the kings, you know, one of the tribe leaders. And he was, you know, the way to butter up your king is to make poetry praising him. Right? So it's an interesting piece of poetry you find in classical Arabic. كَأَنَّكَ شَمْسٌ وَالْمُلُوكُ كَوَاكِبُ إِذَا ظهرت لم يبدو منهن He says, you, my king, you're like the sun. And all the other kings are like the stars. And now originally the king's like, wait, you called me the sun, but they're the stars? Stars are better. He goes, no, no, no. When the sun shows up, you don't see any stars. Like when you're around, I can't think of anybody else. So in this poetry, what's also been illustrated is, the sun is far more powerful. And in the presence of the sun, what, do you, what becomes irrelevant? The stars, they're no longer an entity. They may be something of beauty in the night, but in the day they're unnecessary. They're or they're not they're not part of our visible you know scenery, right? Now Allah says, Masalunurihi kamishkat. The example of his light, if you want to understand his light, it is like a lamp. Now Allah is taking the phrase his light and he's describing something entirely different. It's remarkable. Allah Azza wa Jal takes ownership of both lights. You remember I told you we try to light something up inside our houses, on the streets, etc. And Allah has the lamp from above the sun. But now in this parable, Allah is taking ownership of both the light from above and the light inside of us. Because pretty much by ijma' the parable that is about to be given is about the heart of the believer. This example that's about to be given is about the heart of the believer. And from the beginning of it, Allah says, that is actually Allah's light. That's not even his light. That's not even the believer's light. That's Allah's light. So what you have inside of you since you were born is Allah's light. Is the iman that Allah Himself put, and He abafah ilahi He attributed that light to Himself from the very beginning? Matalunurihi Kamishkat. His example, the example of His light, is like a a, a niche. Now, we don't have these much anymore. Actually, we do have them in Texas. It's part of their architectural style. But, you know, we don't normally have these things in the, ho- in the home anymore. Mostly, your homes are lit by, like, lights on the ceiling or tube lights and chandeliers and things like that. But in old homes, they had this indent into the wall, like a, like a pushed into the wall, and you could put a lamp in there, and they curved the back of it. And they curved the back of it so that when light hits it, it spreads to the entire room. You see what I'm talking about? That niche is called a mishkat, And that niche was mostly shaped like the ribcage. Like its shape is similar to the ribcage. Which is remarkable because Allah is taking the example of that and He's describing what's happening inside my heart. So it's even vis- visually, it's similar to what the, the physical human being. Then he says fiha misbah beautiful again he said in it there's a lamp but of the, all the words that could have been used for a lamp he used the word misbah and misbah is ismul ala it's, it's a it's a noun used to describe a device but it actually comes from the word subh anyone know what subh means or urdu speaker subah subah what does it mean morning a misbah is a device trying to recreate the morning Literally a misbah is a device, a tool that is trying to simulate the morning So the lamp to the Arab is a poor attempt at trying to get the morning back Okay, now this is going to be important Because it suggests You okay there? You alright? You pushed me away I did push you away Okay, you sure you're okay? Okay Okay So anyway, what was I talking about? Something about Islam? Misbah, yes. So misbah is a device that tries to stimulate the morning, which means the entire purpose of the misbah is to wait for what to happen again the sabah to happen again, the subh to happen again. Until I have the real sun, let me have a fake sun. Let me have the, like the, at least some version of it with me, right? That's, that's the idea. So now inside it, is, there's, a, there's a lamp. Al misbahu fi zujaja. It is inside a glass. They say zujaja is the kind of glass that wind cannot break. In other words, if the wind blows, that the light stays up. Now, obviously, when the lamp is being described, is this daytime or nighttime? When the imagery is being given, is this daytime imagery or nighttime imagery? You have to keep this in mind. This is nighttime imagery. Because in the daytime, do you turn the lamp on or no? There's no need for the lamp. There's no need for the lamp. And then Allah will describe this lamp and He will say, Azzujaja kaannaha kawkab. And I'm rushing through this. There's tons to talk about, but I'm rushing through it. This lamp is like a brilliant star. Even by saying the word star, are we thinking of day or night? We're thinking of the night. Durri, that keeps on giving off light, like a brilliant star in the middle of the night. Now, things get really interesting. So far, Allah has given us the example of a niche, which is like the ribcage. Inside, there's this clear glass. Inside, there's this lamp. And that lamp is, you know, it's brilliant like a star. Even the glass itself is like a brilliant star. Okay, now... He says you min shajaratin mubarakatin zaytunatin la sharqiyatin wala gharbiyatin Here's the quick elevator version of this I need you to understand the elevator version of this The Arabs were obsessed with trees because they did not have many of them There are not a lot of trees And they were also really into oil But I'm not talking about petroleum I'm talking about olive oil. If you really like if you hang out with an, like a traditional Arab family, no meal is truly a meal without what? Without without olive oil. And by the way, the word olive, zaytun, zaytun, the first part of it is actually zayt, which is oil. And it's not an accident. To them, there's no such thing as real oil other than zaytun. Like that's the real oil. Everything else is kind of, you know, you just put it in your car. But this is the real oil. Now Back then, traditionally, they would say the best kind of oil comes from the olive tree and the best olive tree is the one that is by itself In other words, it's not in the middle of the woods, it's by itself One tree on the scene, there's only sand all around One olive tree, why? Because when the sun rises, the rays are hitting one side of the tree When the sun sets, it's hitting the other side of the tree So this tree is being baked properly in the sun constantly. So when it gives oil, it will give the best kind of oil. It is not on the eastern end of the woods, it's not on the western ends of end of the woods. This is the kind of tree that will produce the kind of oil that will give and give and give and give. So he says, It is a tree that it's this oil from the for the lamb comes from a tree that is in the middle. That it gets the sun's exposure all the time. Now let's go back to our analogy. What did the sun represent? What did the sun represent? The sun represented revelation from Allah. The light of Allah, yes? And so Allah is saying that this heart you have inside of you and the light that you have inside of you is not fueled on its own. It is fueled from something outside of the house. It came from somewhere else. Its fuel, its light, its purity is not of its own. It's from an outside source. Just like your ruh was not genetically born of you. It was put from outside. It was inseminated into you by the angel. It came from outside. And this oil is the purest kind of oil you can find. Just like the ruh comes from the purest source. From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he describes it as la sharqiyya wa la gharbiyya. And it's, inc- it's capable of incredible things, which is why he calls it mubarakah. Mubarakah means it's ca- it can do more things than is expected of it. So this iman can do amazing things beyond anybody's expectation because Allah t- says that you, what you have inside of you is made up of something mubarak. Mubarak means azziyada has- thawqa tawakku' Excess or increase above and beyond what was expected That is already just you without even revelation That's just inside of every single human being This light was placed inside all of them And now when he describes this light He says Yakadu And he put the kind of fuel inside here That just wants to be set on fire It just wants to light up Meaning, it's not satisfied with the light inside. It wants more. hunar. Even though fire hasn't touched it, it's a dark room. Light hasn't even come yet, and the the lamp still looks shiny. Walaulam hunar. Even though fire hasn't even touched it yet, and then finally, what does touch it? The light of revelation touches it. The nur of Allah touches the nur that is inside. The nur of the Quran touches the nur of the ruh, and Allah describes that as nurun ala nur, light on top of light. These two lights meet, meet with each other. Now let's stop here for a second. I have five more minutes and I'm done. This is the express version of what should take three hours. But listen, this analogy is given about daytime or nighttime? I re- keep repeating myself. Is daytime or nighttime? Nighttime. And the, the light of Allah, when Allah describes His light, it's similar to daytime. So the light of the believer the light of the believer will truly shine in dark times. The light of the believer, your Iman, will truly look beautiful when Islam is not dominant, when Islam is being suppressed and attacked and there's darkness all around. That is when your light is needed. Some of us ask, why were, not we, why were we not born in happy times? How come there's so much anti-Islam all around us? Because Allah chose you, He saw something in the light that is inside of you, that you should be born in this day and age. Because in, the, in, the, in this night that is filled with darkness, there needs to be some light. And that is the people of La Ilaha Illallah. That is every single Muslim here. And every single Muslim that isn't here. And so now Allah Azza wa Jal, and He's equipped you by the way, your light with His book. You know Imam Razi, when he was describing this ayah, he said something so incredible. When he got to the word kawkab, Kawqab meaning star, like this lamp is like a star He said, why would he call, why would he call it a star? He realized something, he said أَهْلُ wa He said, the people of the earth, when we look up at night, what do we see? Twinkling stars, yes? And the people of the sky, the angels And by the way, we see physical light But the angels are spiritual creatures so they see spiritual reality. The angels in the sky look down on the earth and they see the stars, the lights of Iman twinkling inside these homes. So just like we look up at twinkling stars, they look, up at the, look down at the light of Iman inside the hearts of the believers in the middle of the night. Which is no surprise that in this ayah later on, Allah will talk about people who make qiyam al-layl. They, will, they pray all night, you know. And it's no surprise that in this surah, incredible, when even salat is mentioned. Salat is talked about in this passage. When he talks about it, he says, فِي بُيُوتٍ أَذِنَ The homes that should be elevated, they are raised, and his, main sh- his name should be mentioned in them. His name should be mentioned suggests, his name should be pronounced out loud. We have five prayers in a day. How many of them are loud? I know it's a PhD question, but think about it. Five prayers in a day, how many are loud? And all three of them are in the dark. All three of them are in the dark. And Allah Azza wa Jalla makes mention of that because it's in dark times, you have to raise your voice and call to Allah even more. Subhanallah. And so, the, the final bit, Yahdillahu li Nurihi. This is what's supposed to be the title of this talk. And they, I don't know, they're on a roll this time. They keep giving me the last part of a long ayah, and I get stuck like, how am I going to talk about this? They just always give me the last part. He says, "Yahdillahu li nurihi Allah guides all the way to His light. And now I translated all the way for an important reason. Let me say that in English now. Allah did not say, "Allah guides to His light." If He said to His light, it would have been "ila nurihi." He said all the way to His light. That's because of "lam." He said, "Yahdillahu li Now, what difference does it make? it makes a huge difference. The light that is inside of me came from where? Came from Allah. The light that is of the Qur'an came from where? It came from Allah. But in the beginning of this passage, who is the ultimate light himself? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is saying, if you follow this path, that I will not only guide you to the light that is inside of you that I put there, not only to the light of the Quran, I will guide you all the way to meet myself. I will guide you all the way to my own light. <speaking in Hebrew> all the way to Him. This is the ayah where the believer goes on a journey to meet with his Rabb. He'll meet Him, He'll see His light, His, his light manifests. SubhanAllah. <speaking in Hebrew> <speaking in Hebrew> For whoever wants. Any of you want it, you can go. Man yasha' is understood in two ways. That's the other profound miracle of the Qur'an. Man yasha' means Allah will guide all the way to His light to meet with Him whoever He wants. And at the same time, it actually means whoever wants. The silatul al can be understood simultaneously as whoever wants. In other words, in this ayah, Allah combined His light and my light. Allah combined His will and my will. I have to show will. I have to show intention that I want to meet Him. And then His will and my will will become one. Because he wants me to be guided and I want his guidance. They become one. So I, you have to ask yourself are you the people who want Allah's guidance? Have you shown the commitment to want Allah's guidance? And even the epic way in which he ends the whole thing. He says, Let me tell you something. A professor of calculus. Is calculus an easy subject? If you say yes, get out. I do not like mathematicians. Calculus is an easy subject? No, it's not an easy subject But a good teacher of calculus, what is he able to do? He's able to give his students easy examples So he can work their way up and eventually they can solve complex problems But he could never have done that unless he gave what? Examples Now the examples may sound so easy, a kindergartner can get it If he's a really good teacher, he can give examples, anybody can get it But does that mean that the professor himself is at kindergarten level? No, it's actually the genius of the professor that he can take a complicated subject and give you an easy example, yes? Now Allah Azza gave us the example of a ditch and a lamp and a light and daylight and evening light and the oil and all of this just to give us a point. And at the end of it all, He says, I give examples for people. amthal I I I strike these examples. Allah, He strikes the examples For the benefit of people. Why? Because Allah doesn't need examples. Wallahubi kulli shayin alim. Allah knows everything. He doesn't need the example for himself. He wants to give the example for you. We learn even in this part of the ayah a profound lesson that I leave you with. Allah structured the Quran for students, Allah made the Quran for students. So that he spoke in a way that people can learn. He did not speak in a way that only he would understand or somebody high up will understand. And in the ayah, he didn't even say, Allah gives examples for the scholars. Everybody else, goodbye. Go to the bazaar. Allah says, Allah gives, gives examples for who? All people. You know what that means? That becomes my job as a student of the Quran and even as a teacher of some of Quran, my job becomes to clarify the Quran for who? Everybody. It's our job to make the Quran accessible. It's our job. And it's your job to try to access as much of this book as you can. Because Allah already knows everything. And the more you try to access this book, the more exposed to light you are, and you're heading into the journey, you're heading into the source of this light, where this light came from. May Allah Azza wa Jal Ease all of our journeys towards His light and may Allah Azza wa Jal continue our love and our admiration for His incredible book. Barakallahu li wa lakum As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi